Hey, it's Patrick. Before we start, at the time of this recording, we went through a bit of a name rebranding from Rick Center to Altitude Accelerator. With that in mind, we hope you enjoy the following interview. Welcome to the Startups Transform podcast. I'm Patrick McGuire, your host, board member and advisor at Altitude Accelerator, where we help startups scale to new heights. We chat with phenomenal tech business leaders who've climbed their way to success within their industry. Our guests delve deep into the lessons they've learned along the way so that you can get a head start on your next big idea. When it comes to fintech and finances, a lot of us don't really want to talk about it, but we all know that we got to do it. And I really like what's going on right now with Andrew. And Andrew just has a good attitude and good outlook at Delivering something a little bit more innovative than just numbers. So, Andrew, before we get started, I just want to say thank you very much for coming on to the Rick Center podcast. And I can't wait to dive into what you're doing and doing it with just wealth. So, thank you very much for coming on, Andrew. Well, Patrick, thank you very much for having me. Uh, hopefully, people can see the passion that I have for it. I totally appreciate that finance investments. It's not something that is super interesting to a lot of people. But what we're trying to do is make it a little bit more easy to understand and get people help that they probably need at a cost that they can afford. Absolutely. And I probably need Andrew's help more than I admit it. Like most people, we just don't know where to turn. We don't know what to do. And we need advice of the pros. But who do we trust? And what new technologies can we take advantage of? That said, Andrew, help me understand where did you come from? What are you doing? And why the heck are you an entrepreneur? It's interesting. I kind of laugh when you say that, why am I an entrepreneur? I never envisioned myself to be you know, your prototypical entrepreneur. You see, I've been in the investment industry now for close to 15 years. right? And up until five years ago, or six years ago now, before I started Just Wealth, I was actually at one of Canada's largest independent asset managers. So started literally out of university. I remember I went to University of Guelph and they had a career fair and I went to the career fair and I just went up to a booth and I put my resume into this one company's um, envelope slot. And then sure enough, I got a call from that company. And then I finished school in April and I was starting at that company in June. I was under the impression and I kind of always thought that I was going to be at that company for my entire career. You see, my parents, my mom was a teacher. My dad worked for the city of Mississauga. And they were, you know, career employees for those respective institutions. My dad worked 35 years in the city of Mississauga. And I just kind of felt that I had that same kind of path, right? You kind of follow what your parents have. And then when I got into that role at that company, I started to go up the corporate ladder. In a matter of 10 years, I had four different roles. I got to a very senior level. My job was to go out to financial advisors, talk to financial advisors about the products and we were selling mutual funds that we had manufactured in hopes that they would recommend them and sell them or put them in their clients' portfolios, right? So, you know, I was going out there traveling all across the province. I remember being places like North Bay, Timmins, Hearst. What I was noticing was that there was a ton of travel, right? I liked the role. It was entertaining in the sense that I really liked investments and I liked financial services. But what it got to the point was, I figured like, okay, there's a lot of avenues in the way people can get advice. And this was one of them. 
The other way people can get advice in the investment world was they could literally do the research themselves, right? Either you go to a financial advisor or you do the research yourself and you implement it yourself. If you go down a financial advisor route, you got to go to that person's office, you got to sign all the paperwork, and there's high costs associated with that, right? The other avenue was if you do it yourself, you've got to have the discipline to do it yourself. You've got to have the time to do it yourself. And you got to give yourself that education. The good thing about that was that the costs were relatively low, right? Because you were right. doing it all yourself. There was nothing kind of in the middle. There was nothing using what I felt uh, an efficient way of delivering that advice to the general public. So when I was traveling all around the province, there was something going on inside me where I was like, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. And I remember one time I was on a flight. I was going to New Orleans for this conference. And it was... We were flying down there and there was a bunch of Canadian financial advisors flying down to New Orleans and they were going to have a fun week out in New Orleans. And I find that I haven't been on an airplane in a while now, but I find when I'm on an airplane, I can do a lot of really good work because I have no distractions, right? So when I was on that airplane, I was thinking about all these, you know, what I believe were inefficiencies within the market. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to write down all the ideas on what I think it is to make it better, right? Wow. Okay. So I started to write all these things down. And then as I was writing these things down, I kept it. It was in my BlackBerry notes at that time. That's what I had a BlackBerry what? at that a time. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had a BlackBerry at that time. And in my notes, my BlackBerry, what I'd written down, I started to see like news articles about, okay, this type of company is popping up. They're launching this product. And there's all these kind of new startup companies. And they're all based in the United States. I was like, okay, this is, this is happening. Absolutely. You know, and I was like, there is potential here. At least other people are thinking about this too. And there's been some type of uh, a reassurance for me. So then I said to myself and talked to you know all my respected people in my life and my family. And I said like, okay, <laughs> am I going to do this? And then sure enough, I took the plunge and I did it. I left my role and uh, a lot of people thought I was crazy. I, I think this is with every entrepreneur or a lot of entrepreneurs for that matter. You find a problem and then you, you, you try to figure out a way to fix that problem, right? Make the problem go away. That's my story of an entrepreneur. Uh, so be it. Yeah, absolutely. We all get here in weird ways. I mean, it's pretty interesting how you kind of just stumbled into it. And just like you, by the way, I used to travel a lot, like two, three times a, a month. I'd be flying to San Francisco, a couple times to New York and Chicago and stuff. So I get the whole plane idea and creative writing. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, it's sometimes good to disconnect. But we don't have that as much anymore because of COVID. But anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that soon. So. Yeah, for sure. That being said, I mean, it's pretty interesting how you stumbled into it. Did you call it something else before? Did you come up with Just Wealth? Did, it, did that name just pop out of the sky literally in the airplane? Or was that a long, drawn-out process to come up with this? So that's interesting. I don't get asked much about the process of coming up with the name. But, but yeah, no, it was a very long, drawn-out process. One of the first people that we, uh, when I say we, I say myself and then my co-founder, James Gochik, who's the chief investment officer. Not the, the corporate we. <laughs> right. Know, most yeah. entrepreneurs have a corporate <laughs> we. That, oh, there's a, we have a great team. There's two of us. But we. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so James and I at that time, what we did is we went through this exercise of just literally brainstorming everything. And we were kind of thought like, Okay, what do we want the company to stand for? What do we think we want our customers to get out of it? How do we want them to recognize us? 
So we were going through this whole process. We must have brainstormed, I think, probably at least at least 50 names, right? Wow. And this was the thing. I knew a lot about financial services because I've been working in it for you know 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. But there was so much I didn't know about business, right? And my first lesson in that was the name itself. And getting a URL and, and just getting a domain name kind of pushed us in a direction where we could form our name around. And in some cases, we had a name that we'd brainstormed. We're like, ah, oh, that's already taken. We don't have the name for it, so we can't do it, right? Yep. Asked a lot of our friends and family what they thought of all these different names. And then we decided upon two. We narrowed it down to two. And then we had our graphic designer design you know, what an actual brand would look like. And the other one was called Wealthify. So it was just wealth or Wealthify. And Wealthify actually you made the right com- choice. I'm just going to cut and, you but, off on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing, the whole thing about there was this like Spotify, Shopify, like all these things. There was all that, you know, Wealthify yourself or get Wealthify. That one there, Andrew, like most of us don't realize that, but that would date you to a matter of a couple of years. You're like, oh, you were founded in 2019 because you were called yeah. If I, right? You're like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah so, so what he did, he did kind of a brand concept for us and he presented both on Wealthify and Just Wealth. And as soon as we saw everything that had to do with Just Wealth, we knew we knew it was the case. And a lot of people don't understand the reasoning for why we're called Just Wealth. But a lot of people think it's Just Wealth, like we just manage wealth. But it's not that. It's been far too long where Canadian investors are paying some of the highest costs in the world and getting a product that isn't necessarily best suited for them. And in fact, a lot of the times, it's best suited for the person who's selling it to them via that financial advisor. Interesting. So the just in just wealth is for justice. And every day when we come to work and we speak to a client, it's we're on a mission to provide justice to the Canadian investors. So it's always rooted in that component, high integrity, high morals, and always looking out for what's best for the client. Um, And I think that's hopefully one of the reasons why we've seen success over the last few years. I absolutely love it. That just took a whole new spin on what I thought your name meant to me. And for anyone listening, call it out. This is the justice for wealth in Canada. I mean, we're one of the one of the best places to be, and yet we're paying the highest, what I might call extortion rates in various taxes. And now we hear from Andrew in the investment world too, and he's making a difference and bringing justice to the wealth world for people like you and me. So this is really awesome. I had no idea, Andrew, that that was behind it. And that is super cool. Yeah. The other thing about it is that like in the whole concept of what we're doing is we're delivering investment advice, providing that justice and high integrity, uh, always keeping the client's best interests at heart. We have a fiduciary standard from our regulators that that (laughs) has to happen. So, you know, we can't, our own interest in front of our clients, which is huge. But the other thing is that the fact that we're able to deliver it to anyone in the country, right, using technology is quite startling. And the fact that you could be in northern BC, or you could be in the southern tip of New Brunswick, you know, you could have access to high quality, low cost investment management delivered in a way that is best suited for your needs and only your needs. You know, I sometimes sit back and I'm like, wow, that's I hear those words that I'm saying, and I'm like, I'm really glad that I'm not necessarily the person who is one of the people behind starting it, but the fact that Canadians can actually get access to it is 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 quite amazing. And I'm 
as a, as a as a customer, but also as a, a founder, I'm extremely proud and and happy that we were able to do this. And then the fact that Canadians are listening to this and and helping us deliver more of this message to more people. That's pretty cool. I, I love the fact that you get it out to all Canadians, make it available for anybody, delivering sound advice and opportunity to do better with our finances. Help us understand from the time that this idea came, the ideation, uh, kind of the Rick Center, right? Research, ideation, creation. The ideation to creation to where you are today, fruition, I like to call it, because you're not in acquisition stage. You're not, you're not leaving stage right. But uh, from ideation to creation, when did you get this idea started and when did it actually really get to market and you know where you're at today? Yeah, so the idea phase or when that, you know, that plane ride, if you will, the airplane ride, that was back in late 2014. And then I got working on it and talking to people and started to put wheels in motion kind of uh, middle of 2015. And then I, I left my job in the summer of 2015. And then I started work on it full time. So at that point, which is kind of risky if you look back on it, but this is how committed I was. But at that Woo-hoo! point, we didn't have any customers. <laughs> we hadn't built the technology. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I guess now that I think about it, I'm, I was kind of crazy. But, but yeah, I didn't have any customers at that time. And there's a lot of things that had to happen. Like we had to build the technology to enable us to onboard and have people interact with us and become customers. Because basically, if you become a customer of ours, you can go on our website, you can complete an investment questionnaire, and then you can sign the necessary paperwork to open up your account. So it streamlines the onboarding significantly. And then basically, as soon as you signed your application form, you're going to be able to talk to your personal portfolio manager and figure out which portfolio that you should invest your money in, right? So it can happen very quick, but we had to build the technology. And then in order to get registered as a personal portfolio manager, Mm -hmm. you have to get your licenses in place with all the different provincial securities commissions. So in November of 2015 is when we got our approval from the securities commissions. And then we actually started managing clients' money on the first week of January in 2016. So ever since then, we've been working with customers and it's evolved a lot since then. Like at that point, we were dealing directly with consumers. You would go onto our website, fill out an application form, and then you know just be a one-to-one type of relationship. It's evolved now to have not only that one-to-one connection with investors and Canadians, but we also partner with financial planners who do financial plans for people, and then they refer people to us or the people they build financial plans for, and we'll do their investments. So that's seen significant uptick uh, and growth over the last few years. And now we're also extending into managing people's group RSPs and group TFSAs and working with employers and the employee base within an overall firm or group, if you will. You've gone from kind of just giving people advice to now you're doing group RSP programs. That clearly says you've made your mark and you're doing something. Tell me a little bit about that group RSP thing. And then I'm going to ask you some more hard business conversation questions. Yeah. So uh, when, when it comes to the group RSPs, it's um, up until this point, if you had a benefits package, you may have had the opportunity to have some type of group RSP. I know years ago, decades ago, pensions would have been kind of the norm, but those have kind of gone away. And a lot of employers, they don't offer any form of pension. So the employees are kind of left to their own devices, whether they have to save on their own or the company may chip in some money to help an employee save, right? So if you put in 
hundred dollars, right. the company may match or do something, right? But typically, when it comes to group RSPs, you go to an insurance company or you go to maybe a bank. But in a lot of cases, it's an insurance company, and they kind of have that market cornered, so they are not being pushed to deliver a, what we believe is a high quality service or deliver a product that is what we believe competitive from a fee perspective, right? So a lot of times people are in overpriced holdings or overpriced mutual funds. Uh, and the service they're getting for that is not necessarily the greatest. So what we've done in the last 18 months is really try to partner with different employers and offering our efficient manner of delivering advice using technology at a low cost nature to help people save for their retirement through their group RSP plan. So yeah, it's a product that I think has a lot of room for growth for us. And we're really excited about it. And we've seen some good traction early on and, and more growth there as more employers understand that it's important for them to help for the well-being and the financial well-being of the employees that are working for them and offering them a kind of a high quality, low cost overall investment group RSP or DFSA. I love it. I think it's a great idea. It's something that we should all be more aware of, of course, is what else? And as a business owner, what else can I do to entice people to come to me? So I use it as a hiring tool, something like group RSPs or other benefit plans that might come into play, or maybe it's more holidays or paid holidays or whatever it is. But it is one of those things on the bullet check marks of what we do that makes us better and why we actually care and take care of our employees. So I really like that. And Andrew, the other thing I like is you're not comfy on the couch, let's say, where you kind of built a product, you got satisfied, and you're like, yep, that's it, done and dusted. Let's just hope it takes off. You guys are continuously being innovative and you're adding new functionality and new offerings to your users, to your end users. And I think that's a big deal. And, and the end users being Canadians, obviously, we're based in Canada. In fact, Andrew and I just found out we're both living in Burlington, Ontario. So this could be offered all across Canada. I know that you could have just launched in Ontario, but you decided to keep going across Canada. You kept going province by province, make sure your securities and licenses are all approved. I know a little bit about that stuff. And then you continue to improve the product and you became innovative. And, and now this group RSPs makes total sense. I'm really impressed with that. But considering you came through or were connected with Rick Center, how did that come about? Why Rick Center? And tell us a little bit about that connection. Yeah, so... That was early on. That was uh, my first connection with the Rick Center was back in late 2015. They were there right from the beginning or, or close to the beginning. And I just remember like, because I wasn't your prototypical entrepreneur, like I wasn't somebody who had started multiple different entities. I was just trying to do research on, okay, what should an entrepreneur do? Because I didn't know. I had no idea what an entrepreneur did. All I knew is I knew financial services. So I was just looking for any resources, right? And I was just trying to be a sponge and talk to as many people as possible. And uh, at that time, I lived in Mississauga. So I, I must have come across some type of content piece talking about what the Rick Center provided. And then I reached out to them. I remember my first conversation with Jeff Simon at the time. And yeah, we just had a couple discussions early on. And then, you know, it, it was pretty informal initially, right? It was just more conversations. And again, at that time, I didn't really know. We didn't even have a customer at that time. So I wasn't even really sure whether this thing was going to take off. But then as we got launched and we started bringing in customers and we needed more of an infrastructure around us, that's when I, I started to lean on Rick a lot more. And in fact, we were a company in residence there for a few terms. And just, just that 
in itself was huge in the sense of like having other like-minded people, like other businesses and other startups around us in a close proximity. And then we had these like, you know, kind of lunch and learn sessions that went on quite frequently and, and just to talk to other entrepreneurs and just kind of what are they dealing with, kind of spitballing what we're dealing with and being close to Jeff and Pam and the whole team at the RIC was immensely valuable. And it offered us the opportunity to kind of have that central base as a team. Like at that point, we had started to grow a little bit more. So it was rather than just James and I, we brought in yeah. a couple other individuals, but we were able to kind of have that central base to work together in that space at the RIC. And that made it so much more efficient for us rather than having a decentralized type of setup. It helped us a lot early on. And uh, anytime I can speak about the RIC, I can only say good things. That's awesome. And hey, look, we weren't looking for that type of a plug, people, but that is a great story about why Rick Center does work. And it's one of the reasons why I'm on the board since 2014, as I mentioned. Big fan of what the team is doing. And, and the leadership there is fantastic. The entrepreneurs in residence, those are the guys like Jeff Simone that you mentioned. They care. They actually care about the success of the entrepreneur and the startup itself. And they spend their time vetting them out. Not everybody gets to join just because you filled out a, an online form or a piece of paper or came to one of our sessions in person or online. You got to be vetted. And Jeff's really good at picking out some good ones. Lots of great people at Rick Center. And, and obviously, you mentioned Pam Banks. She's phenomenal with everybody she works with. Um, what are three things that maybe you could have told yourself, your post Jeff? I mean, when you go back 20 years and tell young entrepreneur Jeff, 20-year-old entrepreneur Jeff, what are the three things you wish you could have told yourself? So um, this is an interesting one. And, and um, the number one thing that pops into my mind is be patient. So I've been doing this now for you know five or six years. But if you rewind back to end of 2015 and the first day that we could actually manage actual customers money. I was just thinking like, oh my God, how are we gonna how are we gonna be able to handle all these incoming clients? Like how do we we don't have the time in the day because you yourself, you should have so much passion for what you're delivering and so much conviction that you should be like, okay, everyone's gonna come. Everyone's just gonna come. This is such a great idea. It's everything's gonna come. But it takes time for people to get to where you are. Right. And sometimes they won't get to where you are. And that's totally fine. Right. But it's all about being patient. And in my previous role, I was in sales and it was all go, 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 go. And then all of a sudden it came to a halt. And then you had to pick it up and go, 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 go again and try to get to that again. The number one thing I would say is just to kind of be patient. If I could tell myself back in 2015, don't be so hard on yourself and don't burn yourself out from you know, trying to get to the massive amounts of business that you need to get to today because not everyone's ready for that, right? So just be patient with that. And the other thing, so the two other things. One thing, it's going to be an amazing ride. You're going to learn way more than what you have ever learned before in anything you've done. Before that, I was in a corporation. I stuck to my lane. I understood what I had to do and I did it. But when you start on your own firm and your own company, you're doing everything, right? You got to embrace that. You got to have fun with it. And it's going to be a wild ride. But that would lead to the third thing. As much as it's going to be fun, you're going to have a great time. There's going to be times when it's going to suck too. You're going to be down on yourself. You're going to be questioning yourself. But as long as you're coming to this business with the passion that you, what you're doing is, is what you really believe in and what you're really passionate about, um, you'll get through those times. 
and everything will be okay. Okay. That's actually really good. I mean, so folks, be patient, meet people at their needs kind of thing. They'll come. If you're doing something great, they'll come. Just wealth is proof of that. Take a breather, take a break. And remember, it's not always going to go as it's planned, according to a man, Andrew, who has already figured this out the hard way. Andrew, what is the worst experience you have ever had in business? And maybe it's not just wealth. Maybe it's a lesson you learned from the corporate world. But what is the absolute worst experience you ever had? Oh, geez. Um, the worst experience I've ever had. And I know it was in New Orleans, <laughs> that's for sure, because you were having a good yeah, time the there. the next morning, maybe not. But no, I, I'd say, okay, so the worst experience I've ever had associated with just wealth and starting a business is... That's an interesting one. And you have to be very vulnerable when you answer this question. But um, I'd say there's been a lot of things that have happened to me. Um, and, and it's not necessarily work-related. I remember I used to have this saying, it's like, nothing is more painful than regret. And I never regret anything in anything I've done in Just Wall. I, what I would say is take care of yourself when you're doing this, right? You know, There's the aspect of work and pushing yourself and making sure that you're delivering a product that you believe is the best. Don't take it away from anything else that you have in life, right? So don't let it take away from your family. Mm -hmm. Don't let it take away from your friends. Those things are very important. And I'm not saying I did that by any means, but just be comfortable with what you have and don't always think you got to have more, right? Is what I would get at. So what is the future for you and Just Wealth? Years from now, I, you know, it's hard to tell, but I can, I can speak to kind of what we're seeing in some of these trends. But there's been uh, over the last few years... What we've noticed is there's been this kind of unveiling of our type of service. So we're known as a robo-advisor. Our type of service has been kind of unveiled to the general public. A few years ago, what people assumed that only the younger generation were people who would use our type of service because it was a technology type of experience. But what we're noticing is that the new people who are coming to our service and taking advantage of our service are the more seasoned investors, right? Yes. I'm not sure if this is kind of COVID related, but more people are more comfortable in dealing with many aspects of their life through a digital format, right? Kind of forced to by COVID. Mm -hmm. So I think what we've seen here is that older demographic is coming around to using our types of service. And I think that that trend will continue and we'll start to see um, more seasoned investors use our service. And in fact, you know, if you've been investing for many, many years, say decades for that matter, the likelihood of you having more assets in your account would be higher than if you were just starting out, right? Just time is on your side, so you've had time to invest more money. Right. Um, so they're actually, if you have more money in your account, you're ultimately the one who is better suited or has more to benefit at this time because you can lower your costs right away. If you have $100 to invest and you lower your costs, that's good. You're starting from a low base. But if you had 100000 or 200000 or a million to invest and you lower your cost from the current mutual fund rate of north of 2% to a half percent, you know, that's a significant savings that someone can benefit from right now. So I think the trend we'll see in the next days, weeks, months, years is more seasoned investors becoming comfortable with our type of service and benefiting from our type of service. That's pretty awesome. You can almost see the, the shift within the last two years possibly within the last 12 months with the current global situation, at least the Canadian situation, more people are leaning towards, hey, let's just get it done online. Why are we spending all this extra money? So it's really awesome to see your business growing that way. So far, I've had a great time being able to just get to know more about you and Just Wealth and 
talk about what you guys are doing that is innovative and changing with the times and giving us all opportunities to be better financially, but also learning about your entrepreneurship, your journey. And that's wonderful. So if somebody wants to learn more about you or your company and the platform, how do we get in touch with you? Yeah. So, well, we've got a couple of ways. Uh, obviously, you can learn about our whole service at justwealth.com. For me personally, what I, I like dealing with most is you know, people coming to me directly. I like I love talking to the general public about you know our service and uh, and what we could do to try to help people out. So uh, a lot of times people find me on LinkedIn or they'll they'll email me at Andrew at JustWealth.com. The other thing that we've got, we just recently launched a podcast called the Just Word Podcast. Where we're bringing on financial experts to talk about many different avenues when it comes to the financial arena and different experts and whatnot. So um, that's hosted by uh, Pat Boland, who's a former BNN CNBC host. So. It's called the Just Word Podcast. That I think we're on episode six or seven now, but when we're recording this right now, so who knows what it'll be like when it drops? But but yeah, so uh, you know, check <laughs> us out there too. That's awesome. So, folks, you can find these guys, find Andrew, uh, LinkedIn, or email them directly. You could also find them at JustWealth.com and check them out on their new podcast, Just Word Podcast, hosted by Pat Bolin. So that's really awesome. So, Andrew, you probably went through the struggles. You probably went through the ups and the downs and everything in between probably pulling your hair out at times. Still got a good hair to hair, so I think you're okay. If you're given the chance to do it all over again, to be an entrepreneur again, would you do it? Absolutely. Absolutely. An RP. The answer always is like a non-thought process. It's just, yep or no. You know, it's very simply put. Yeah. And I think the reality is that most people, if they said maybe, maybe not, you give them the chance, they'll do it again because they love it like you do. Yeah. And believe me, there's some days, some days you probably asked me that question early on and be like, no way I'm doing this again. But I think, again, it's about being patient and just understanding, you know, there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. You know, if I ever had to be an entrepreneur again, I know I would do it differently in some senses because I've learned a lot throughout these last five or six years. But would I do it again? Absolutely. Um, That's awesome. It's a wonderful experience. But uh, it can be, you know, <laughs> also awful at times. But overall, it's a good experience at the end of the day. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for Just Wealth and what you guys are doing for the Canadian market, for the, those interested in the financial world that maybe don't totally get it, or maybe those of the uber wealthy that actually should shave a few more dollars off of their expense line and put it to good use rather than just put it away somewhere else. It was awesome talking with you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Patrick. I appreciate you having me on here. It was fun. For all of our friends out there listening, if you want to get in touch, maybe you want to do a little investing, go to the website, justwealth.com. I'm Patrick McGuire, and I just got to say thank you for joining us. Have a fantastic day and enjoy your entrepreneur journey. Thank you for joining us on Startups Transform Podcast. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed the conversation, a rating or review goes a long way. Recommend the show to a friend. Find us at altitudeaccelerator.com where we can help you begin your startup journey with access to our workshops, advisors, and mentorship opportunities. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.